I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. There are, of course, those who do not want us to speak. Greed, deception, abuse of power, that's no plan. They, they just gatekeep knowledge, you know? They're, they're to total masters of deception. They manipulate everything. You know, these, these pricks at the helm have lied to us. It's... I did not have sexual relations with that woman, Miss Lewinsky. I never told anybody to lie, not a single time, never. These allegations are false, and I need to go back to work for the American people. They're, they're setting it up for the Great Deception. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it all revolves around the Great Deception. Yeah, right. it, bingo. And L.A. and I talked about that. I said, L.A., is this the Great Deception? And he didn't hesitate. He said, absolutely. I never used to question before, and now I question everything. Well, we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence, on infiltration instead of invasion, on subversion instead of elections, on intimidation instead of free choice, on guerrillas by night instead of armies by day. The world needs a wake-up call. We're going to phone it in. Cause there's gold here in the valley and the kids cannot go free. I need their little fingers to dig the gold for me. <laughs> and welcome to the Great Deception Podcast. I'm your host, Matt. Thanks for joining me. Tonight is the much-requested Cabbage Patch Kids episode, as you can tell by the intro. She was going to use them to mine the gold. Guys, <laughs> this one is so bizarre. And I'll be the first to admit it. It's a little crazy and a little weird, a little strange. But once again, there's coincidences. So we have to take a look. I'm not saying I'm 100% sold. Do I think it's possible? Most certainly. From what we've seen, anything is possible. But any of you that are not aware of what I'm talking about, uh, there has been a recent wave of Cabbage Patch Kid talk, and I'm going to give the credit to Mind Unveiled on YouTube. They've done two videos, and I'll put links to the videos in the show notes um, where the first one was talking about this book called Baby or Babylon Surreal Babies. And guys, this is twisted. Any of you that follow me on Instagram, I've put up a couple uh, posts on it and some reels. It's postcards from the late 1800s, early 1900s with weird, sick baby pictures, um, art, artistic baby pictures. Some, you know, and, and you get some people out there, they're like, hey, I like that stuff. Okay, to each his own. 
But man, I feel like there's something dark and sinister to it. And we'll go through that. I actually bought the book. Um, I have pictures from it and I will show them on this. So buckle up, guys. This is going to be an interesting ride. Now, what caused this whole Cabbage Patch phenomena? Well, I started looking at it after mine unveiled because I remembered it from when I was a kid. You know, I remember the Cabbage Patch craze. It was it was absolutely wild. And one of the things that you have to understand is, is that when you look at this, it's it's interesting. Okay. And it's going to tie into some other things. And that's what I'm going to do here to start. I'm going to try and tie in some loose ends here. Uh, there we go. All right. So I'm going to tie in some loose ends. Now, where are we going with this? Okay. Remember, back in episode 49 in September, any of you guys that are looking for it back in, I think it was mid to late September, I did an episode on the orphan trains and, and incubator babies and things like that. Very dark stuff. Okay. And I'm going to give you an overview here of the orphan trains. Um, and then we're going to take a look at the incubator babies real quick. And then we're going to get into the cabbage patch kids and possible cloning ties. Um, was it a way they repopulated the earth? I don't know. There's some that think, yes, this, this could be the key a a hint a clue as to what really happened so let's refresh on the orphan trains here for in 1929 nearly a quarter of a million orphaned children were resettled under what came to be known as the orphan train a man that went by the name charles loring brace was the first freemason in charge of the orphan train movement in the usa after the reset many cities were completely empty these cities were actually found by Masons first. They organized the World Fairs, which seemed like camps since everyone had a passport number and they would hold it up like an inmate. However, they repopulated these empty cities with children and families from around the world from 1854 to 1929. This operation took children from their parents from several countries and many states here in the USA. These children were stolen and bought and sold into slavery. What better way to repopulate these empty cities and indoctrinate these children? And while researching this topic, it dawned on me, doesn't Disney always have motherless children or there's orphans? So I decided to look into it. 56 of 140 animated feature films distributed by Disney since 1937 have characters who are orphans or has a missing or single parent or their parents were killed. We know why Disney keeps killing parents and the predictive programming always goes pretty deep. And at the same time of the whole orphan train operation, we see that there were many insane asylums and that's where they put possibly their parents, all the woke people, people that were red-pilled and wouldn't go along with the programming. That's why they got treatments and lobotomies. Very, very interesting stuff right there. And that's 
something we have to consider, right? I mean, that's something when we start looking at it and we start looking at the orphan trains, okay? And we're going to take a look right here. Let's see if they will let us sh share this. Uh, okay. Let's see if we can... Do, 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 Nope. All right. Well, it's not going to work right now. Hold on. Let me get back. Back in here. Let's minimize that. Let's get back. What we're trying to find here is some of the orphan pictures because this is some very interesting interesting stuff when it comes down to it so we're going to take a look right here there we go boom and now we are playing with fire okay this is the apples for orphans campaign okay this is one of the campaigns that they ran in there remember the newsies and guys, we address this in the Orphan Train episode, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time. I just want to show you some of the grim images of children from the late 1800s and early 1900s. No parents, running the streets, extreme poverty. A lot of them don't even have shoes. And it just it's such a sad, sad picture. Well, what could solve that? Well, we'll put them to work, right? Child labor. You got these kids as chimney sweeps. They're working in factories. They're working in mines. They're getting in spots that adults can't get into. Dangerous work. Just, it's child slavery. They were bought and sold. And they tell us it was about 250000 Now, who knows? I mean, look at this picture. Going to send that little baby down the chimney to go clean it. Just insanity. I mean, look at this poor bastard. No shoes. I mean, it's just, it's so wild to think about these kids working in factories, just moved around the world, no idea of the world. And they just went across the, the country in a train, made a stop, and some family just came and bought them up, brought them in, and now they're going to be part of the family. And see, guys, they advertise this. This is a sign, wanted homes for children. There were that many orphan children. Now, what makes me wonder about this, right? We're talking about massive numbers of orphanages. But at the same time, in the midst of this orphan train, we start seeing incubator babies, a way to supposedly save newborn babies. Well, if we have a problem with too many children as is, why are we going to start saving more babies? I mean, look at this picture, guys. Lined up on the train. And, and there's kind of an homage to this in that Babylon Surreal Babies book that we'll look at here in a little bit. But man, I just can't imagine. And this is where the orphans went all over the world, all over the world, all over the country. Okay. I mean, just look at their faces. It's just such a grim look. Just no hope. Man, 
if that doesn't hit at your heartstrings, I don't know what, I mean, look at their eyes. Ah, poor kids. All right. So let's see here. If we go, I want to take a look at the incubator babies. Okay. So now we go from the orphan trains to this very interesting character in Dr. Martin Cooney. Okay, in the late 1800s, these baby incubators started popping up in Europe. And uh, Dr. Cooney, and I use the term doctor loosely because I was reading an article on history.com, and they were saying he's not even a medical doctor. So what is he an actual doctor of? I haven't dug into that to try and find out yet. Um, maybe engineering or something like that, which makes this even more interesting that this guy was not a medical doctor, but he was in saving thousands of premature babies, supposedly, and had a, this guy had a sideshow, basically, where he would take his incubator babies. Uh, He had a big setup at Coney Island, a place called Dreamland. Um, I mean, look at this, guys. Barnum's Museum, Grand National from June 2nd, 1882 baby show a hundred beautiful babies two thousand dollars in cash will be distributed for the finest babies twins triplets and quaterns why are we having baby shows just seems a little weird here's some incubators at the 1900 exposition Why are we showcasing babies at a fair? If they need these incubators, shouldn't they be in hospitals? I mean, it's it's like an exhibit. It says don't fail to don't fail to visit the incubator babies on the gayway. Yeah, it's gayway, G-A-Y-W-A-Y. Kept alive in incubators. World's tiniest human babies born prematurely, 10,000 square feet of hospital area. Truly authentic ethically operated now that's interesting why would you have to tell us it's truly authentic is there a possibility it's not authentic were these babies possibly genetically modified test tube babies science experiments i don't know but something doesn't seem right And this is all at a time when they need able bodies to populate the rest of America, the West of America, I should say, West of the Mississippi, right? We are expanding. This is when we're, we're, we're wiping out the natives. We're rewriting history, reclaiming land, destroying just about anything and everything in its path, except the Grand Canyon. That's on lockdown. But these babies, what is going on? Why is this such an attraction? Who, if, if, if there's such a lack of parents, who are these other people that are picking up the babies then? And look at this. There's three or four babies in an incubator. 
in a tin box, metal box, not in a loving, warm mother's arms. Is this a way for a child to spend the beginning of their life? Now, I understand there's many babies, premature babies, who spend time in incubators and come out fine. I get that. This is on a mass scale. And it doesn't appear that these these babies have mothers because they have caretakers here. This is how the, the system works. Okay, you have liquid food down on the bottom there that pumps up. You have a liquid water heater, okay, artificial kidney, blood pump if need be. I mean, this is some really interesting. I mean, look at the amount of babies. Okay, we got, what do we got? Five, 10, about 15 to 16 babies and one nurse. Tell me that's not going to affect these babies. I mean, look at them. Look at them in, in like little rolling cart. Oof. And it gets creepier, guys. When you start seeing the Cabbage Patch Lady and the way she handles some of these babies, it's almost like they're dolls. Or not human baby, you know? Like something less than like an animal. You know, throws it kind of around like a, like a cat or a dog would with their pup. Or kitten. And look at the advertising. Now open. Infant incubators. 2101 Boardwalk. I mean, and this is dreamland, okay? This is the amusement park in Coney Island and uh, the home of the baby incubators. I just don't, I don't understand these. I mean, I get it. We're trying to save lives, but there's just something eerie to it. I mean, look at that baby. It looks dead. It doesn't look like a real baby. It just, something deceives your eye. Now, here we go. Diploma issued by the baby incubators at the New York World's Fair, June 14th, 1940. Why are we giving out more diplomas? This is to certify that baby Catherine Ash received its start in life at the Baby Incubator Institution at the New York World's Fair in the summer of 1939. We, the undersigned, are proud and happy to present this certificate to the above-named baby with our best wishes for its continued good health and success in life. So they're just signing this baby away. Here you go. No birth certificate, right? You get a diploma. Very, very Strange to me. Okay, here's a pass for the Portland Exp Exposition, Lewis and Clark Centennial Exposition in 1905. And on top it says Incubators, Institution for the Preservation of Infant Life, a seasoned complimentary pass to H.E. Reed and Lady. Very interesting. Why would you need a season pass to the incubators? You just keep going back? Do you keep needing more babies? And this this is very interesting because this copyright on this photo is 1913, but that fair was in 1915. So I'm, I'm a little confused by that also, but hey. Baby incubators, complete installations as operated by us for sale to hospitals and amusement parks. Dr. S. Fischel, treasurer of Dreamland in Coney Island. So now they're selling the baby incubators to other hospitals and amusement parks. 
Why do amusement parks need these baby incubators? It's so friggin' bizarre. To save Seattle infants by using baby incubators. I mean, there must have just been a massive amount of premature babies to, dire, to, to require this much attention. St. Louis Courier of Medicine, December 1904. The baby incubators on the pike. The pike was part of the World's Fair. A study of the care of premature infants in incubator hospitals erected for show purposes. Dr. John Zahorsky, MD. I'd be interested to read that study. We saved the lives of babes, the baby incubators, an exhibit of, I believe, internal heart uh, interest. I don't know. The most highly educational feature on the pay streak, hygienic day nursery for children, rest and assurance for tired mothers. So you could like, you're kind of like a daycare. You need a break. You can drop your baby off here. But, I mean, that is just a, a very, very interesting thing when you get into Cooney. So now, all right, now we are going to get in. And I'm going to start with a little, um, oh, I hope I have it, a little homage to what, yes, here it is, to what got me into this. Okay, this is a little minute and a half clip here. Surreal Babies, in which the author describes these same peculiar 1900s postcards and how they were deeply influential to many famous artists, including Salvador Dali. Yet, the author even admits that little is known of their history. In order to understand why we've labeled them repopulation postcards, a thorough understanding of resets, tartaria, orphan trains, incubators, asylums, and oddfellows will be necessary. These cards depict babies being grown. There are many different styles within this category. One of the most interesting is the Cabbage Patch Babies, a variety of themes involving growing babies. Okay, so you guys get that, right? You, you you see what's going on here. And it's this weird cabbage patch. I mean, look at this. Just what's, why, and, and okay. I've had a couple of people tell me, listen, that's, we were in a different era, right? People were more prude back then. So we didn't talk about the reproduction process, the birthing process. So they would tell kids they came from cabbage patches and they were delivered by storks. I, I get it, but why cabbage patch? Because of the head? I mean, it's just, it's eerie. And then you start seeing this art. Okay. And then you get to the first movie by Alice Gee. 
Okay. And this is called the fairy of the cabbages. Let's take, let's take a watch. Tell me this isn't weird. Okay, she's the fairy. Normal, right? And there's all these cabbages around her. Yeah, one baby head over on the right. Or, yeah, she just picks up a baby, okay? Now watch her put it down. She grabs by the arm and drops it. Let's it roll. Baby's screaming, by the way. Naked and screaming. Now she picks up another baby by the arm. Like, not how you would pick up a baby. Drops it on the ground. This is very bizarre. This is from 1896. Right around the middle. Is there something nefarious to this? Is this kind of an homage? I mean, guys, that's what got me into this. I saw those two videos and and it's funny because after I saw this video, I watched Mind Unveiled just last week came out with a video on this Alice Guy, the Fairy of the Cabbages from 1896. So that was the inspiration to all this. Now, what set me down this road is I started seeing that and I, I looked into this Babylon um, let's see, I have it right here. It's it's this book called Babylon: Surreal Babies. Okay, and it's all postcards from the eighteen and nineteen hundreds. And I was thinking, because I once that hit, I was like, I, I'm an eighties. You know, I was born in the late seventies, but I'm an eighties kid. So Cabbage Patch Kids, I remember that craze like it was yesterday. I mean, all three. I had one. My sister had a couple. My brother had one. And it was a, a, a mayhem, you know, for a good year with those things. And I remember the craze and remember getting them. And what was weird about them was it wasn't just a regular doll. It came with a birth certificate. It came with a backstory. It was, it came with a whole package. So now, and here's what I'll show you what it came with. Okay. This is what you got when you purchased a cabbage patch. You would get a birth certificate and adoption papers. Okay, look at this, a full birth certificate. And notice the name is in all capital letters. So they are citizens of the United States Corporation. So you can even get taxed on your Cabbage Patch kids. They can pay taxes. Thanks, Xavier Roberts, for feeding the monster. And okay, so this one was interesting because it said on his papers, when I grow up, I want to be an architect. Well, what do you think these people did? They rebuilt these cabbage patches, these orphan trainers. They were the ones who were responsible for the labor that rebuilt this country in the industrial Rockefeller uh, post old world fashion. And it just, it gets weirder, guys, as we go on. Okay, it has a story about the preemies, how they were brought from a cabbage patch one chilling night. And and you can read all these. I have all this up on my Instagram. I've posted all of these out there. 
Okay, and it says premature birth is a major cause of infant illness and death in the United States. Now, this mind you, this is the 1980s, not the 1880s. Babies born before the 37th week of pregnancy often have serious problems, breathing, heart function, body chemistry, and eye brain damage. Intensive care needed for 5% of newborns in the U.S. costs about a billion and a half dollars a year. In the 80s, 1984, 1.5 billion. So they were milking the system already. And it gets into this weird world of cabbage patch kids. Okay, the magical world. There's always the, the kids coming out of the ground like they're being grown and then they're delivered by a stork. Once upon a time, a young boy named Xavier Roberts was playing in the woods near his home in Appalachian Mountains in North Georgia. He was playing and daydreaming and suddenly a curious creature buzzed his head. It looked like a bunny. Okay, now we're talking about a rabbit and it flew in the air and buzzed like a bee. And, oh, the bee symbolism. Buddy NY Patriot will love that one. Okay, over the streams, up and down the hills they went, just as Xavier was about to capture the bunny bee. It flew straight into the waterfall and disappeared. Xavier was sure the bunny bee had drowned, but no, the bunny bee, bunny bee flew straight back out of the waterfall and took a spin around Xavier's head, teasing him to follow. Okay, and so it's essentially he follows him into the cabbage patch. And he finds these Cabbage Patch kids. All right, we'll, we'll go back here. Here's the Cabbage Patch. Here's the, the bunny bees. All right, a very interesting combination of creatures right there. There was a Babyland General Hospital, which looks like an old world mansion. This is where Xavier Roberts started his little cabbage patch endeavor now they weren't initially primar primarily known as cabbage patch kids now let's go into the backstory a little bit how did this start there was a woman named martha nelson who went to a liberal arts school and she was very into dolls and life like babies she called them her baby dolls and she created these things that would go on to be known as the Cabbage Patch, right? It was, you know, the, the, if you know anything about the Cabbage Patch, the way their feet were stitched, okay? Oh, actually, right here, okay? You look at the way their hands are stitched, very unique for dolls at that time, all right? And then she even gave her dolls faces, right? And now this is all, um, uh, you know, one material. This isn't plastic. This isn't a mold. This is all hand done. They had individual mouths, they would have dimples, they would have noses and ears. And their eyes were real, you know, realistic looking, but they were painted on. And so she would create these dolls and she would sell them at the fairs. Well, this guy, Xavier Roberts, came across her at one of the fairs and really respected her dolls. And so he basically copied them and started selling them on his own. He would sign their butt. And boom, sell them off. And he he wanted to make a business out of this. She was in it for the art. You know, she was a very, very artistic woman, not very business savvy. Roberts, on the other hand, was very business savvy and not as quite as creative. So what did he do? He just basically took these things and rebranded them. He didn't change hardly anything. 
He gave some of them belly buttons. That was a little bit of a difference. And he signed their ass. That's about it. Other than that, he stole her idea and ran with it. Well, as a twist of fate would have it, she would eventually win an out-of-court settlement from Roberts for an undisclosed amount of money for basically copyright infringement. Well, what's interesting about that is later on, Garbage Pail Kids came around. And what did they do? They used the likeness of Cabbage Patch Kids and used them in a very unflattering, rude, filthy manner. And Xavier Roberts had the balls to sue Garbage Pail Kids for using the likeness of his dolls. <laughs> and, and he won because Garbage Pail Kids made over $70 million, guys, in the 80s. And Xavier Roberts won a huge chunk of that. So we, we look at that and that's just the beginning of the weirdness. Okay. This is that book I was telling you about. Look at this. This is babies in a cauldron boiling. What is normal about this? Okay. So before we get into the... Yeah, let's go to that first. All right, let's go back to that. Let's go to this Babylon Surreal Babies because this is where the weirdness is at. All right, so Babylon Surreal Babies, James Birch and George Molly. Basically, what this is is postcards that he found and collected and put together in a book from the 1800s from all over the world. They are so weird and creepy. They just show babies, like this one's babies tied to a sheep. Naked babies with surrounded, uh, you know, crawling all over a lion. Uh, here we go, our cabbage patch. These are newlyweds. And this looks like Miss Alice Guy, right? The cabbage patch fairy. And she shows up in a lot of these pictures. It's just very creepy. Look at the babies in the cabbage patch. I mean, some people are into this. Now, this is what I found interesting. Mr. Birch says in here, pedophiles apart, who were the public for these cards? Who's interested in these? Other than pedophiles, who would like this stuff? I can't argue. I find it deeply disturbing. I find it very dark and gross. Poor taste. I just don't see any value in it. I mean, it's so weird. This is just promoting the, you know, the robber barons. Yeah. Again, robber barons, top hat. I'm going to sell some Roman goddess on the stamp. Babies in a pot again. That's what we see a lot of too kids in with chamber pots and that's a ritualistic thing and this is just it's just very dark arts guys and again you saw you heard when they talked about the orphan trains who started out these orphanages brace he was a mason who was repopulating a lot of these towns it was the masons so they would did they create these babies did they have anything to do with these babies being possibly 
test tube babies being grown. I mean, like, look at this. This is like a ship coming in. Babies are in the water. Babies all over the boat. Babies in the light tower. I just, I don't know. Over the top. There's some, you know, they're they're harvesting their baby crop. Again, we have the uh, the good old robber baron in his bowler hat. We're gonna look at more harvesting. More, just look at look at the look on this creepy fuck in the bottom picture. Again, hands in his pockets, always the hidden hands, staring at the baby like a dollar sign, like a lion looks at its prey. He just couldn't be prouder. Did they grow babies? That's the question. I don't know. But this sure as hell makes it look like, I mean, again, you're going to say, oh, this is just art. Awfully weird, weird, an abundance of it, art. Okay, we're just looking at babies. Now, this one creeps me out. It says, good night. All going to bed happy. There's not a happy soul in this picture. Look at them all. They're terrified, tortured, scared shitless. I mean, these kids are, uh, you know, on the verge of a breakdown. Again, like I said before here, chamber pots. Unhappy children, naked kids, you know, not naked, but half naked. They got nightgowns on, sitting on chamber pots with just bad. I mean, it's just, again, more chamber pots. A little kid dressed up like a robber baron. I don't get it, guys. I don't get it. But what it just leads you, you know, it can it, the conspiracy side of you wants to say, is this the, them telling us they, they were creating babies? I don't know. I don't see any, like, you know, <laughs> underground. But we're going to look at some other things, too, to see if it's there's some more to this. But look at here she is again. Good old Alice Guy or Alice Guy, whatever her name is, the French fairy of the cabbage with her babies in the river. More Alice and her babies. Now look at this. I mean, why do, why do the kids have to be naked? Again, I don't get it. We can throw a dog in the mix, but look at the kids working, slaving over the stove, cleaning up after themselves. Taking care of one another. Even got a dog in the mix. At least they got some companionship. But not an adult in sight. It's very weird. Babies on <laughs> what we would today now call electric lines. They were apparently telegra telegram lines, telegraph lines back then. This is Vive la France on top. It's got babies in little pouches. I mean, look at this. Why the nude babies in, you know, top hats? It's just, perv oh, it's so sick. I can't even look at it. And this one creeps me out too. Look at the moon. Look at these babies. There is nothing good about that starry sky right there. I always, that, that crescent moon with the face on it like that. 
that always creeped me out because it felt like the eye in the sky that was watching you at night when you were sleeping. Is that what fed us our dreams? I, you know, that's why I used to think as a kid, like that creepy moon feed us our dreams. And remember I said before, homage to the orphan train. Well, this isn't it. This is just kind of one of the general pictures. Here we go. Look at that. That's almost identical to the orphan train picture from before. And this is a joke because look, you got a baby in the steam pipe. You got babies all over this thing. I mean, here we got babies working the field in front of a castle or a cathedral with a huge tower. And there's a city in the background, but you got these kids working in the field. No adults in sight. <laughs> it just, it, it leads to more questions. This one's wild. Okay, so what do we have here? We have a baby, a female baby, leading the charge of other babies in a line dressed in a variety of soldier outfits and hats and, you know, guns, muskets with bayonets on the end, and they're going to charge forward. It's like the babies were fighting the next war. They were the the fodder for the next campaign, for the repopulation of this land. The base of the Industrial Revolution. The home of the new bankers, you know, the new Rome, which was D.C., the United States, District of Columbia, and 10 miles around it which we are now trapped in a prison. I found this one to be pretty spot on because that's what these orphans were like. They were prisoners. They didn't have much, they didn't have any say in where they went or who they went to. They it was luck of the draw whether you got a good prison or you ended up in Rikers Island. You know, <laughs> whether your parents were going to rape you whether your parents were going to feed you adequately, whether your fellow orphans were going to rape you, sodomize you. You know, I mean, there's just dark shit that went on in these places. And it's like a prison, unfortunately. Now we get into the bizarre, okay? Now, all of you that say, oh, airships, bullshit. Ah, uh, airship steampunk wasn't real. All right. It has an awfully large presence in art, has an awfully large presence in photos. And then on top of that, there's an awfully large present of presence of photos from the 18 and early 1900s where there's a vanilla sky effect. So anything that could possibly be in the air would not show up. But let's look at some airship babies because this is this this one I found interesting. Again, I'm not a fan of this by any means. But when we look at this, and I showed this to Randy from Red Thread Podcast, and he said, "Yeah, doesn't that look like the Tonight Tonight video from the Smashing Pumpkins?" And I was like, "Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's what this looks like. It looks like a scene out of, but it's all babies, babies and airships." And somehow out of a basket, these babies have lights. Airship is all lit up. 
You know, there's one baby even maybe filming in the middle here where he's got a, he's looking down through binoculars at the ground. I mean, it's just, it's some interesting, interesting art. Again, babies in top hats. They love it. Naked. Naked in top hats is the way they like them. We'll zoom in here a little bit. I don't zoom in anymore. But yeah, guys, you can go check out my Instagram page for, for all. I have all these pictures out there. I mean, this one is amazing. You have an airship. You have an air balloon. You have some sort of buoy in the water. You have an airship in the air. We get our happy crescent moon again. But one of the airships is all torn up and there's just babies hanging out of it. It's just, it's again, they love the spotlight on it. Dark, dark again. For something that didn't have any significance in the background, they have an airship which appears to be lighted much like an airplane would be today. Interior of it. Just lit. Like a ma massive Airbus. The original Airbus. And again, here we have, we, they show hot air balloons all lit up with lights beaming down from it onto the town. Some sort of airplane-like vehicle in the air with lights coming down. All right. So that's that Babylon surreal babies, which, you know, when I started looking at it, it was really, really weird. Well, that gets me back into cabbage patch kids. So I went back and I started looking and I had people sending me stuff like this. I mean, like $5,000 for a vintage cabbage patch doll. I mean, again, are people going to get it? No, probably not, but that's what they're asking. Seems a little outrageous. But there was this phenomena, guys, in the 1980s. And here, let's take a look. Okay, this, oops. This is what happened in the 80s. Oops, hold on. Let's exit out of this. I gotta go back to photos. Oh no, 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 not photos. Sorry. Back to my finder. Okay. Oh, we had it. There we go. All right, here we go. Riots breaking out at stairs. Calls were being flung online. Parents were ready to sell hundreds of miles to get their hands on the hot toy. 1983. The word was given out that the dolls would be given out behind the store, out back at the freight entrance. And then the race was on. Otherwise dignified, calm, mannerly parents broke into a sprint. Well, I, t I had to take what they gave me, and they gave me a boy, and I wanted a girl. I, this is my second trip around. My husband works here, and I can't even get what I want. <laughs> I miss work. I'm late. Okay. So listen to this. This is so twisted. These people are so wrapped up. They're going to the back of the store to get their dolls. 
And these people are like, oh, I didn't even get what I wanted. I wanted a girl, but I got a boy. Now, in, replace dolls with humans. And that's what the orphan trains were like, guys. This is what we're seeing. We're seeing this repeating cycle in history. Okay? And this was just a, a instance of history repeating itself. Or babies were just moved around the country and people would just buy them up because they needed them. They were treated like cattle in many instances. Traded like cattle. Work to get this for my little girl. I'm not going to tell my boss. I'm trying to get there now. <laughs> I'm so excited. We waited here since 7.30 and I was just ecstatic. In fact, I ran around and got another ticket. And within a matter of minutes, it was over. You did not get a Cabbage Patch doll this morning. No, I did not. How badly do you want one? Very, very badly. One woman told us she's going to call her sisters in Nebraska and Illinois to see if they can get her a doll. If not, she's going to drive to Pennsylvania. What is it, two hours to go to Pennsylvania? I think it's worth going there. If what? not, I'll try California. I have a niece that lives in California. <laughs> Things have reached such a point that this store in Clifton, New Jersey, has set up a Cabbage Patch trading post. They decided it doesn't matter much that the doll retails for $21 if you can't buy one. So they'll pay you $40 for any Cabbage Patch doll you bring in, and then they'll turn around and sell it for $50. You just spent $50 for a doll that cost $20. True. Should have cost $20. Should have cost $20, right? Why? Because by the time I go looking in the stores, it'll cost me $30 in gas and aggravation. This is what all the fuss is about. Why are full-grown adults doll. fighting over these? Well, here's one reason. I want to get it. Josh Howell, Channel 7, Eyewitness News. Okay. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, <laughs> Where are you going? Do you want to take it out? Pardon me? Can she take it out and look at it? Um. This is where it began, guys. That's it right there. So <clears throat> this craze happens, all right? And what the difference was, what they did to mass produce these, now they gave them a plastic head. So now they could mass produce, and I believe they had six or nine different heads. And then they could take different hairs, put them on different outfits. So they had infinite combinations. And so they, what they would do is they had... Uh, let's go back. Shoot. There we go. All right. So they set up these cabbage patch centers. And they, they would show you the delivery of the cabbage patch. This is so creepy to me. I don't know about you, but watch this. Let's see what's inside here. Reaching in the cabbage, pulling it out by the head. It's a little boy. Turning it upside down, smacking it on the butt like a real baby. Right, handling it better than Alice Gee handled the babies in the fairy uh, video. Putting a diaper on it now. Putting some cancer powder on its crotch. Give those newborns cancer right away. Thanks to uh, Johnson and Johnson. There we Same go. people who brought you one of the vaccines. Based on your baby. His name's Jack. There you His are. His name's Jack, and then she just gives it away. That's it. It's that simple. 
look here, look, Louis. Look, there's his papers. It's his name. And Jeff, there's his paper. They're like little yours. people. It's not as if you're just going into shop and buying a doll and walking out. It's nice to go through the whole thing of seeing them born. Um, you can watch, see how they're being changed and they get fed and they get loved. You sign adoption papers, you say an oath. Um, and it's just a nice sense of belonging for the owners of these. Hold on, what was that? What did she say? You. Of belonging for the owners of these, the new owners of their baby. Nice sense of belonging for the owners of these. Uh, Adoption papers, you say an oath. Adoption um, papers, and, it's and just you a nice say sense an of belonging oath. for the owners of these, the new owners of their babies. What kind of people buy these dolls? Well, we've had people. Let's go back again. Who started the orphan trains? Masons. Why are we saying an oath? Who says an oath? Masons. Who ran a lot of these orphanages? The Odd Fellows Group, guys. Go look into these groups. All connected. Child traffickers. Mm, say six months to the age of 60. Are they buying them for kids? or A lot of the people, a lot of parents come in buying them for their children, for the young ones. A lot of teenage children actually come in here and they're just crazy about them. They adore them. Do you think that there's any um, psychological implications about the dolls, that there could be bad effects from thinking that it's like a real baby? Does anyone really believe that? Uh, most people think they believe it. <laughs> <laughs> They like to think that it's all true, but I think they realise that it's not. They're just going along with the whole fantasy and enjoying every minute of it. Fantasy, okay? It, and this goes on for another five minutes. Again, I have this video on my YouTube, but I want to get to other stuff here. Very weird. Very weird when you think about it, okay? Here's, um, where's the other one? Right here. Here's another video that's very strange at the General Hospital Cabbage Patch land. Notice at the base of the tree that the crystals begin to glow just a little bit brighter. And overhead, mind you, what we're looking at here is a woman, a woman in a grown woman in a nurse's outfit, uh, in front, standing in front of a tree with cabbages in front of her with baby heads popping out. And above her is a crystal tree. These, while uh, they were sprinkling their magic crystal dust. And that's what determines whether it'll be a girl or a boy. What are you hoping for, a girl or a boy? Hold on, did you hear that? Cabbage Patch dolls only come in girl or boy. That's a novel concept. Wow. In today's land, we play make-believe, and there's more than boys and girls. Guys, you see how much of a joke that is? Do you see how the, the deception, the inversion, how far it's come? This is just the 80s, guys. This is 35 years. Think about what they've done over hundreds of years. And that's what you have to understand. It's all part of the game. It's all part of the deception. Do it scientifically. Cross your fingers. And when I say one, two, three, you're going to either say pink, pink, pink for girls or blue, blue, blue for boys. Okay? You ready? One, two, three. Oh my, oh my God. This woman would be put in politically correct jail right now. Girls get pink. Boys get blue. Oh my God. How many heads are exploding right now? I love it. This is hilarious. Because people nowadays would really 
be mad at this woman for what she's saying. And it's just, it's comical. Let's go ahead and actually check Mother Cabbage. She always has happy, healthy babies. Mother Cabbage. This sonogram will determine whether it'll be a girl or a boy. A lot of blue. We've got a boy coming here. All right, we got our blanket ready. We're ready to uh, to assist. I'm just here to assist Mother Cabbage in this delivery. And uh, so the first thing that I want to do is to give her a great big dose of something called TLC. Let's inject Mother. Okay. There you go. Good job. Always got to Good inject. Good job. And uh, that is tender loving care. And then we also give her a great big dose of something called Imagicillin. Imagicillin. They're going to give you imaginary tender loving care. And that's what they're going to give you in the metaverse, guys. If you think that's any different than what they want to really give you, they want to give you doses of tender loving care. Not the real thing. Doses of it. Imagicillum. Okay? That's what they're going to give you. That's what they're, they want us in in the metaverse. They want to give you your imagination. Oh, this is so telling. Doesn't hurt her at all. It just loosens her leaves for before and after delivery. Loosens her leaves. All right, Mother Cabbage, delivery. you are going to cooperate and push. We should have a quick, easy delivery. <coughs> the last thing that I'm going to do here is a procedure that is only done here at Babyland. And we found it to be very effective. It's called an easyotomy. <laughs> all right. Now then, I tell you what. Um, since you're all here, I'd appreciate it if you could help me with this delivery because it's always a good idea to relax Mother Cabbage before she actually moves into the push stage. All right. So, if I could get you to just breathe in, <laughs> breathe out. Breathe in, breathe out. Oh, feeling much better. Now I saw some dads. I know you've been here before, so so let's let's have you help along here too. Okay. All right. Breathe in, breathe out. Much better. Thank you so much, fathers, for cooperating. I tell you, um, I'm ready for pushing. Okay. Um, and I imagine I'm going to need your help on that. You're going to have to Draw this out anymore. Oh, I do see the head, and that's a good sign. Instead of an arm or a leg, that's called a branch delivery. We'd be here all day for that. Oh, all so, here's what I'm going to need you to do. And since we have a nice big crowd here, we should be able to get this done on one push, right? So I'm going to say one, two, three, well, and you're going to say push as well as you can, okay? Mother Cabbage, you ready? Come on, one, Mother two, Cabbage. three! Good job, good job. Oh, here it comes. There we go. Look. Bring it upside down, banging on the butt. <laughs> this little baby boy certainly is proof that the interns remember to fertilize. <laughs> All that hair is proof of it. And uh, had they not, of course, he'd have been born 
with a bald head, but every bit as beautiful as he is. It's so wrong of her to assume his gender. What? I mean, oh, the nerve of this woman. Big blue eyes. <laughs> And then outie belly button, where I gently clipped him away from Mother Cabbage. See? The intern some time ago, they planted corn, and they planted it near the cabbage patch, and he cross-pollinated. And when he did that, all our babies, you can see, they're born with ears. The last thing... I can't take any more of her... her awful jokes so now guys here's where we start looking at a little deeper okay a nursery has two meanings it is a noun it is a room in a house for the special use of young children a place where young children are cared for during the working day a nursery school it's also a place where young plants and trees are grown for sale or for planting elsewhere. Now replace young plants or trees with children. It's a place where young children are grown for sale or for planting elsewhere. For repopulating. Nursery. It's very, I just found that interesting. It says here we got multiple. We got a child's bedroom is one definition from Merriam-Webster. We got a place where children are temporarily cared for in their parents' absence. Something that fosters, develops, or promotes. A place in which persons are trained or educated. An area where plants are grown for transplanting, for use as stocks, for budding or grafting, or for sale. Okay. <laughs> Again, the stock market. If you don't think there's any correlation here or any possibility, you haven't been listening to this show very long. Because when you start making the connections and seeing the possibilities, now are we saying it's an absolute? No. No. But very interesting. Okay. A place where young animals grow or are cared for. Again, Replace animals with babies, and we're there. Okay, so you want to look at something interesting. No, before we get to this, before we get to the baby incubators. Now, we just talked about nursery. We've talked about Cabbage Patch. How many of you are familiar with the 2012 Disney movie, The Odd Life of Timothy Green? Okay, let's watch this trailer right here and see if you find anything interesting about Mr. Timothy Green and his origins. We wanted to tell you our story. There's just one thing. You're going to find it hard to believe. We have explored every medical option. You couldn't have tried harder. Tonight, let's have a kid. You heard what the doctor said. Give it up. Our kid would never give up. Picasso with the pencil. Honest to a fault. Yes. yes. Our kid <laughs> would rock. You know what? We're moving on. They just planted something in the backyard, their notes. Okay, they planted it out in their garden. 
Now it rains overnight. The magical happens. Honey! There's something you need to see. And in their bathroom uh, is a boy I'm covered Timothy. in dirt. 54 girl names on the list. And one boy it was Timothy. Okay, so what they just did there was they took girl and boy names, made lists, like a magic ritual, planted the seed in the backyard, and up pops this boy, Timothy. Okay, now you'll notice here, he has IV on his legs. He is a plant-human combination. I came from the garden. I came from Where the garden. Where did come from? It was all very sudden and kind of miraculous. So you all came from your mom's tummies? Yeah. How is that? That's not normal. I decided our son would not be seen as different. He'd be treated like a normal kid. Have Goodbye. a great day. That's too much pressure. Have the day you have. Incredible. This isn't going to work, is it? No. You're not the only one with a secret. Really? I never thought I'd hear that laugh again. This is how I really felt. You know that he's different. Yeah, that's what I like about him. That little guy of yours, he's something special. He's our something unexpected, our little miracle. Our little miracle. How about that, guys? I mean, and this is, I keep getting sent this stuff all the time. That's why I love the listeners here. I love my Instagram followers for the most part. There are a few douchebag trolls out there, but we deal with them accordingly. The rest of you who are on this journey and are connecting dots are seeing. Now, why do I feel like this could be something more, something more nefarious than what we see on the surface? That it's something more than just postcards and dolls and movies, cartoons. Well, did it again. All right, let's go back. Let's go back. Sorry. Why is it doing this? Okay, here we go. All right. Enjoy this little clip right here. This is the artificial womb facility. A place where humans could be grown entirely from scratch. The devices you see here are called growth pods. Each growth pod is designed to replicate the same conditions that exist inside the mother's uterus. Growth pods are designed to host human fetuses until they are fully developed. These artificial wombs are designed to help premature babies continue developing after their birth. But emerging scientific research is making it possible to use them to create designer humans entirely from scratch.
Okay. If that doesn't creep you out, I don't know what will. Okay. Now, of course, that's just a concept. We're just supposed to think about that. It wasn't real. But when we start thinking in biblical terms, right, we go back and we start thinking about Nephilim, right? They aren't God's creatures. They are, they are an attempt to make creation. And we see what happens repeatedly when people try to play God, I guess, is how I, I want to put it. You know, when that happens, something always seems to swing in a very opposite direction and bring things back to the natural way. And we've seen this in biblical times, right? You can go into, into Genesis and look at it. You can look at the book of Enoch, right? I was going to uh, read right here in the beginning in the first book of Enoch, he says, um, he will be living in the day of tribulation when all the wicked and guileless people are to be removed from the earth. Um, the watchers shall shake and great fear and trembling, trembling shall seize them all the way to the ends of the earth and the high mountains shall be shaken and the high hills shall be laid low and shall melt like wax in the flame. Okay. Now remember that we we've talked about melted buildings before. Or melted mountains, right? That were buildings once. Hey, they say it right here. That they will turn mountains to wax. Like wax in a flame. And the earth shall be completely torn apart. And all that is on earth shall be destroyed. And there shall be a judgment on all. Okay, and that's what we're talking about here. They're playing God. They may have played God for all we know, right? They needed resources to repopulate their game, right? And we see it. We see it at the world's fairs that were just giant indoctrination camps and population redistribution centers is what it seems. They were told of this new way, this his story, not our story, not the story, his story, the one that they want to tell now, the one that's been rewritten in the last probably 500 years or so. Go back to around the 1500s is when this version of his story was written. When you get the the, the King James uh, version of the Bible rewritten, the 1611 version. And you start looking at the Jesuits, Jesuits, right? The Masons start taking over. Templars. It's all these secret societies that have ties to Rome, to the Antichrist, the den of the devil. And they said it, you know, even in Jasher, they, he, he talks about it, right? And he says, and the sons of men went and they served other gods and they forgot Lord who had created them in the earth and in, 
those days, the son of men made images of brass and iron, wood and stone, and they bowed and served them. Every man made his God and they bowed down to them. And the sons of men turned away from the Lord all the days of Enosh and his children. In anger of the Lord was set ablaze on account of their works and abominations, which they did in the earth. In those days, there was neither sowing nor reaping in the earth. And there was no food for the sons of men. And the famine was very great in those days. And the seed which they sowed in those days in the ground became thorns and thistles and briars. For from the days of Adam was this declaration concerning the earth and the curse of God, which he cursed the earth on account of the sin which Adam sinned before the Lord. And it was when when men continued to rebel and go contrary to God and to corrupt their ways that the earth also became corrupt. And that's where we are right now, guys. Ways, our ways have been corrupt. Our ways have been perverted. Natural life has been inverted. And this is a, this is a perfect segue to the next episode I will be releasing, which is on natural versus synthetic. The, the natural, the connected world versus the synthetic disconnected world how we got here how we what we can do to maintain our spiritual freedom in this time and not fall for the deception for the inversion for the synthetic the easy Right. And this, it it all boils down to choice, guys. We all have a choice. It's a, it's a choose your own adventure. Sometimes, unfortunately, we make the wrong choices and we have to pay the consequences, but that's life. Okay. That's the beauty of it is that when you fuck up, you got to pay for it. You got to learn from it. Or guess what? You're going to be doomed to just keep repeating the same mistake. And if we don't learn from our past, how can we make any progress in the future? And that's what this is all about. This is all about realizing that what was done in the past, in the last reset to get us into this industrial age, was messed up beyond belief. And who did they go after? And this is what I want to emphasize to you. They went after children because they're defenseless. They don't know any better. They trust. They have faith. They're pure until adults get their hands on them. And that's when things go awry. And that's what happened here. That's what happened with the orphan trains. That's what's happening today, where they want to unnecessarily inject your children with poison for no reason, for something that, that will has little to no chance of impacting your child's life whatsoever. 
leaving zero memorable impact on your child's life. But for that, we we masked them up for years. We made them remote learn. We taught them that other people were dirty and dangerous and that we weren't stronger together that our bodies are weak and frail. You know, guys, you, you don't under, you, you, this was just a psychological operation we went through. And it's much like what they did in the 1850s, early 19, to, through the early 1900s. It's really never stopped. It's been one giant operation. And that was kind of level one, right? Level one was laying the base that was getting in. And and I'll get into this in the next episode, but but where the Rockefellers come in and all the big, big tycoons, the robber barons come in with their big money and, and just take control of everything. And that's where things start to go awry, but they go after the children and the money. And what did they what have they done the last couple of years? They've gone after the children and the wealth. That's all that's getting funneled around. We have homeless problems all over America, but we send billions of dollars to Ukraine. Makes no sense whatsoever. But this is where we are. This is the upside down world. And what I want to do in the next episode is I want to show you what they've done to flip things. What they've, what they've done to invert things and how you cannot fall for that. You can see through it, laugh at it, find it comical because that's where I am now. When I, when I read the news, you know, when I skim through the news every day, just to see what they're pushing out there, some of it's very comical because you can see right through it and you're like, Oh, that's, that's money laundering. Oh. That's uh, that's probably some insider trading right there. Um, yep. Oh, that was probably just one party getting getting little kickback here. Oh, this is all theater, right? Oh, these two people are mad at each other. Yeah, just for the cameras, and then they go behind and they're out at the bar having dinner together that night. It's all political theater, guys. And once you see past it, and you see these people as characters, okay. And you stop worshiping people. Stop putting your faith in man that somebody is going to save you, that somebody is, you know, much smarter than you. And you should just throw out any intuition you have and just believe them. No, you have to do the work yourself. You have to be able to discern for yourself or at least surround yourself with good people to help you make answers because right now we are in a society that hero worships. Okay. We celebrity worship. You guys, not you, but the people that partake in this are worshiping actors and characters, not even real people when it comes down to it. That you are idolizing and putting your faith in your body 
your life in their hands and their minds, which, by the way, are usually controlled by whichever puppet is paying for their movies or their television shows or their book deals or their podcast. Okay, so you have to start seeing through this and see who the actors, see them for what they are, see what their role is in the play. Because once you start seeing the news as one giant theater, because that's all it is, it's a television show, it's selling commercials, that's all they're doing. It's not, they're not bringing you story, true truth anymore. They're bringing you stories. It's a narrative. Okay, it's no longer journalistic. It's just a bunch of of talking heads up there spouting whatever the um, three-letter agency wrote at their 4 a.m. meetings that morning. And they'll give you the same buzzwords over and over. They'll give you these little catchphrases so it sticks in your head. And that's why you got to unplug. Disassociate. Don't play the game anymore. You can stay informed and uh, and unplug. Because I'm fairly well informed and I haven't watched the news in over three years. So it's possible, guys. But this was a fun one. Okay. The Cabbage Patch. Were there Cabbage Patch babies in the 1800s? And is that what they're telling us? Are these babies the NPCs that we see now? Is, is, it, a, is it a specific, gen, uh, do they have a genetic marker? these Cabbage Patch Babies, if they are real. This is something you guys can go dig on. I'm done with the Cabbage Patch Babies for now. But this is something that, you know, it was a fun one. It was something a little different. But this craze, guys, this energy that went into this was not normal. And it was was bizarre living through it. And to see how it ties in to what happened in in the 1800s, in early 1900s in the repopulation of America, it makes you think. Okay, when they're growing animals in bags and stuff like that, the fact that they uh, have a little baby there that comes from a cabbage is very, very bizarre. But... That's all I got for tonight, guys. This was a lot of fun. Stay tuned for the next episode. We're going to go- start going down the natural route. This is next one's natural versus synthetic, the connected versus the disconnected world, um, which leads us into the fun stuff, which is where we get into the stuff I love talking about with Matthew Smith, um, the sacred geometry, the fractals, the frequencies, the... Um. Oh, geez, I'm drawing a blank right now. Let me see here. Where is it? Hold on. All right. Yeah. Cymatics, ley lines, motherboard earth. Okay. Things like that. And uh, it's going to be fun. We're going to start digging down a little bit different rabbit hole than we're used to. Um, And how it ties into the old world and how it ties into today. Okay, because some of this stuff is very important today. Frequency, huge today. It can be very beneficial in your life. We just have to know what we're, what, how to use it. And that's one of the things we haven't been taught. One of the deceptions that has been done to us. So 
stay tuned. Next couple episodes are going to be fun. Um, I think they there may be uh, one of them after the natural versus synthetic that drops this year. And then uh, the rest of the year, it will be just master debaters. Everybody will have their Christmas break and uh, we'll come back from the new year and uh, nothing will change. I don't make New Year's resolutions. I think it's a bunch of horse shit. If you're going to make a resolution, start it today. Why wait till January 1st? Right. I mean, it, it's it's hilarious. <laughs> I was listening to the just mind me for a second. I was listening to the radio and they're talking about, you know, how how people make New Year's resolutions and how there's a study that shows that how starting today may be more beneficial than a New Year's resolution. You're like, wow, that's common fucking sense, guys, that obviously starting today is better than starting however many days from now. Whatever you want to do, start it today. Give it a shot. Okay? I was petrified to start a podcast and and put myself out there like this. But I did it. And now I'm, I don't know, 120 episodes in. And I don't regret that decision. But if I didn't take that step, it never would have happened. So do something that makes you uncomfortable. Okay, safe, but uncomfortable. Get out of your comfort zone. Try something new. Be creative. Don't rely on others to be creative for you. And that's how we get out of this matrix-like environment. It doesn't have to be gray. We can bring the color back. But we have to be creative. We have to use our voice, use our mind, use our soul again. Get away from the ego. Get away from emotions. Let's go back to logic. All right. And uh, when you're out in the out in the field, check inside those cabbages. You never know what you're gonna find. It may be a cabbage patch baby. Guys, this has been awesome. Thank you very much. Everyone stay safe, stay strong, and question everything. I would like to thank each and every one of you for your hard work and dedication to our cause. In reviewing this year's progress, let me say that we have been highly effective in conditioning the people's minds to accept our solution to the world's problems. The energy crisis here in the United States was exceptionally successful worldwide, and we expect similar success with our upcoming food shortage. Our labor leaders have made great progress by causing confusion and work stoppages in all areas of the world. Financially, the dollar is being devalued even faster than we could have hoped. Politically, the public has lost total confidence in any form of government. The threat of universal war is a daily possibility. As you know, we ourselves do not need to hold any visible office of leadership. As a matter of fact, it's better that we do not. If we control the finances, news media, food, transportation, energy, we control everything. It is important that you, as world leaders, keep our program before your countrymen. With our World Bank and computer program operational, we now have the capacity to control the financial affairs of every human being on Earth by giving each person his own computer number. Anytime his number is used, we would know his financial situation at once. He could not buy or sell anything without his computer number. It will simplify their lifestyles tremendously. 
The end result will be a one-world monetary and government system that we alone will control. Yes. What about the people who forget their number, or their cards are lost or stolen? We've made provisions for that. By using this laser imprinter, we can painlessly and permanently affix the person's number to the back of his hand or his forehead if he so desires. The numbers would be easily read by this new ultraviolet scanning equipment. For the purposes of demonstration, I've had such a number imprinted on myself. Once this number is imprinted, it cannot be lost nor can it be changed. Now, are there any questions? What about the individuals who refuse to have this number implantation? We expect some minor resistance, especially from highly motivated religious groups. But eventually, hunger will cause even the most zealous to conform to our program. Uh, Mr. Chairman, I am concerned about the situation in the Middle East. We've given Russia and Israel a great deal of consideration. Russia is, as you probably already know, considering an invasion of Israel in order to obtain a Mediterranean seaport. Well, our policy is to support such a move and supply Israel with the necessary nuclear weapons to fend off such an attack. The mental conditioning of the Israelis is he has nothing to lose and subsequently will attack the Russians before they can get their planes off the ground. Gentlemen, I believe that within a year, two at the most, our one world government will be a reality. If we continue on our present course, it is my opinion that we could present the devil himself as a world leader and the people would accept him. Thank you.